Well, hello. Thank you for joining me at the kitchen table. Wherever you are or whatever you're doing, I do appreciate this opportunity to chat with you. Yes, it is Arctic Eric, and you found Fika with Arctic Eric. Oh, good to be with you. I've been uh, sharing over the course of the last year or so in uh, different situations, in home groups and in churches, and even at the kitchen table. Something that I've discovered in my own life has been very important, and therefore I share it with others and want to share it with you today as we sit here and enjoy a cup of coffee. Well, at least I am. Hopefully, you've had time for your cup of coffee today, or maybe you're having it now, or you're going to have it. Or you could be one of those that prefers tea. So, <laughs> I don't want anybody upset that I happen to love lattes. Nonetheless, there is a person of the Trinity. His name is Holy Spirit. He's also called, in Hebrews, the Spirit of Grace, and in several other places, he's called the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And Paul, at the end of the book of Acts, which is where I get the, the, the unction, if you will, to have these kitchen table talks and invite you to the table, it says that Paul spent two whole years in his own rented house, and he just received everybody who came. You're so welcome at the table. And that Paul spoke about the Christ and the kingdom. And I want to talk a little bit today about the importance of knowing the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. I've seen in my life that many, many Christians can quickly define what, quote, a Christian ought to do, end quote. But at the same time, they rarely know, other than the activity of the Holy Spirit in the new birth, what the Holy Spirit does. Oh, if they're charismatic, they know about some gifts, and they know about hopefully uh, biblically-based manifestations. But rarely, what does the person of the Holy Spirit do in our lives? The process of sanctification, holiness wisdom, understanding, knowledge. And one of the things that's so interesting about this marvelous third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is that if we want to know about him, we need to look for it because one of his primary functions is to show us Jesus. So as I look at the person of the Holy Spirit, I think about the Spirit of Jesus Christ because I want to see what Christ, the one who's filled with grace upon grace, the one who is filled with truth, what he wants to do in our lives through this person of the Holy Spirit. If we don't take time in the Word with the help of the Holy Spirit to see what he wants to do, we can find ourselves attempting to do in the flesh, out of our own will, things that the Holy Spirit himself desires to do. Because when the Spirit of Christ does the work, God is glorified. And all of us, we desire to see God glorified. But it's God in us, through the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus Christ by his Spirit, that works in us, transforming us, changing us, renewing us, restoring us. And God gets all the glory. So that when people ask us, well, gosh, how did that happen? You say, you know, it isn't the how in my life anymore. It's the who. Who is it that does all things well? 
As I mentioned a moment ago, we're often aware of what, quote, Christians ought to do or ought not to do, end quote. But there's so much more than that. It's about God by his spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and what he wants to do. And in sharing over these past couple of years, I've only begun to go through the list of 50 things the Holy Spirit does, and a majority of them are in our relationship with God, so that we're not found trying to to fix in the flesh or complete in the flesh or through our own efforts or our own mental activity, the things which God himself desires to do. You know, if we find ourselves trying to do what God alone can do, well, we're going to become weary and we're going to become tired. And over time, we begin to come up with a whole myriad of excuses on why, quote, it doesn't work, end quote. But it is us failing because we try to do things that God himself wants to do that through Christ, God be glorified. So I want to encourage you to dig into the Word of God, asking God to reveal to you the activity of the Holy Spirit in this relationship that God desires to have with you. Let me say that again. The relationship God desires to have with you. Now, many are going to say, yes, but I'm responsible. Listen. You were responsible up until the day you surrendered, you capitulated, you threw up your arms and you gave your life to Jesus. At that moment, you became his prized possession. He purchased you. He bought you. He owns you. He takes responsibility for his possession because he wants you to experience him in his fullness and in his faithfulness, and it happens through the activity of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know it's one God, three persons, so if you've got one, you got them all, but just for the sake of illustration, I want you to think about something. In the Lutheran context, I pastored in for a number of years, We're quick to repeat, thank you, Lord, the Lord's Prayer. And in it, it declares that the Father is in heaven. Okay, mark that down now. God's in heaven. And then in the Confession of Faith, we boldly declare that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, is at the right hand of the Father. And just to remind you, at the right hand of the Father, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, is praying for you. 24-7. He's interceding for you. And then Paul asks this question, because I think it's true of many folks I know. He asks, yeah, but have you forgotten? Don't you know? Don't you realize? Don't you understand? You, you and I, we are the temple, the dwelling place of the person of the Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. Christ is at his right hand interceding for you and in you is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And it's so good to know what does this person dwelling in us desire to do? We know that God has begun a good work in us and that he'll complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. But we need to remind ourselves who it is that does the work. Because in our default thinking, we immediately think, It's up to us to complete what God began. 
I often think when we hear someone say, we need to pray, we need to pray more, I immediately think, I need to give myself over to the Holy Spirit to pray more. Because I, like Paul identifies, I'm one that doesn't really know how to pray like I should. But the Holy Spirit, he knows how to pray. He knows the will of God. He's at work. Every one of our we need to's needs to be expanded to we need to understand what God wants to do in our life by the power of the person of the Holy Spirit and stop focusing on us and allow by God's amazing, sustaining, transforming grace that we keep our eyes upon Jesus. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. And he does it in your life and in my life because he dwells in us by his Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, open up the New Testament. And every time you see Spirit or Holy Spirit, you need to say, oh, my, 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 let me see what God has done, is doing, and wants to do. And help me, Lord, to not help you. The Holy Spirit came because we need help 24-7. We're his children. And maturity is not knowing the order of service in your church. Maturity is a growing dependence upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May my dependence and your dependence increase day by day through God's amazing grace, through the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, that marvelous, marvelous Spirit of Jesus Christ. God bless you today. Thanks for joining me at the kitchen table. Looking forward to the next time we meet. Good day.